the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, inviting you to join the fight to end human trafficking. Look in the eyes to see. Look in me straight to leave. You give me all I need. So give me courage to believe. Each week, Abolition Radio sheds light on the darkness of modern slavery, celebrates the work of abolitionists who are fighting for freedom, and equips the church to engage in the work of justice with hope rooted in God's Word. Our goal is to see a radio audience become an army of gospel activists. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors. And the ones who still sleep Now here's the host of Abolition Radio, founder and executive director of Love Never Fails, Vanessa Russell. And welcome to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're in the studio today uh, with a very uh, special guest who is really um, doing some very transformative work throughout um, Northern California. And I'm so excited to have her on. But before I introduce her, I wanted to just give a shout out to my partner in justice, Ms. Benita Hopkins, who can't be here with us today. She's actually in school um, at the moment. But uh, uh, hi, Benita. We miss you. Um, We're going to go ahead and... dig into um, the topic of sort of health and how uh, the cross-section of human trafficking and health today. And and we have a very special guest, um, Jennifer, uh, and let's see if I get this right, Zacharu. Zacharyo. Zacharyo. Okay, I like that. Jennifer Zacharyo, who's a senior community health specialist for Dignity Health, um, specifically in the Community Health and Outreach um, Division. Welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Thank you, Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. So grateful that you could be with us today. And um, I just kind of wanted to start off before we talk about what Dignity Health is doing in this space, which is really exciting and uh, um, so happy to be able to partner with you on that. Um, Before we talk about that, however, I'd I'd like to kind of go back and talk a little bit about you and your background. So just in looking at your bio, um, it sounds like you've been working in this space of just helping people from a nonprofit standpoint, working in the, you know, health health arena around homelessness and mental illness and, and, um, you know, all of the things that come along with that from a health standpoint for over 25 years now. Can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in this? Sure. Well, my passion has always been for community outreach and specifically uh, throughout the years, of course, it was tied into ministry as I was um, formerly um, a minister's wife for over 23 years. And so, um, are working within healthcare at the same time. I worked for um, Better Health in the region in promoting and educating uh, women's health issues, child uh, labor practices, childbirth labor practices that promoted good health for mom and baby. I did uh, mothering support groups, support groups for mental health um, after um, postpartum 
postpartum. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot of uh, support groups. I helped develop a program uh, that really reached out and helped women uh, to just transition that journey. And that also took me into um, within the church as well as, as being a part of the ministry. Mm-hmm. I supported and led women's groups and specifically always reached out to those uh, women with small children and just helped to provide support because I was going through uh, the crazy myself raising three right. kids. So okay. I had that uh, compassion on that. And then um, doing a lot of uh, local and international work for helping with um, disparities as far as homelessness. Those in the regions throughout here um, providing, you know, we do the winter shelter, uh, homeless outreach, food provision, uh, clothing, things like that, and, and, and emotional support services. So my passion was for that and internationally within Brazil, um, at, in Kosovo and other areas where uh, people were just in a, a crisis, whether it was from a war or whether it was from just the um, everyday experiencing of poverty. Right. And, um, so bringing in health uh, focus and food provision and support services, spiritual and emotional, uh, was part of my focus. So that led me into Dignity Health years later. Um, and working in community health and outreach, uh, we really focus on what are the community needs within our region and how can our hospital extend the work beyond our, our, our walls, connecting with community partners to provide help for those who are homeless, those who are in what we call food desert or areas where there is not safety to get out of your home and be active or right. to access foods, um, those with mental health disparities, behavior health um, And those, of course, uh, one of our largest initiatives is the human trafficking. Absolutely. Yeah. So, wow, just awesome. And um, I I see here, you know, one of the things I want to talk about during this show is about self-care, because I think it's Mm. so important, you know, to do the work that you're doing and have longevity. Right. It's not a race. Right. It's 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 the journey. And and, you know, and and along the way, I've had to learn to pace myself, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, you know, I, I think that I see here you've done quite a bit in the way of, you know, enjoying the outdoors, hiking, yes. road cycling, kayaking, skiing. Yes. Again, that's all part of health, right? And it so I, I'm so glad to see that in your bio. And is that sort of what, you know, when you talked about being homeless or being in living in poverty, you know, not having access to being able to do those kinds of activities can actually limit your ability to get your heart rate up and, and you know, burn those calories or get those endorphins going and, and really really has implications to your hormonal balance and a variety of other things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it does, and it, it really leads to, you know, if you are, uh, which most of the population at some point in their life, they can hit a cycle of depression, whether it's a mild case or up to severe case. And we know that through studies, healthy food and activity coupled combined with a social social type of interaction, uh, value and purpose in your life is if you don't have those things, you are more at risk and more susceptible to long-term uh, depression and other mental disparities. So keeping active, you know, for me, I got on a cycle um, in 2011, got a bike and just said, I'm going to go back to being a kid. And I remember as a child um, in a home like most of us where there were some issues or dysfunctions, I used to get out of my bike and just go ride. Yeah. And and I remembered just going, my life is not in balance. I was working too hard. I had issues going on a lot with workplace, you know, ministry, all of that. And I thought, I got to get, 
I got to get back to being outdoors and playing. Yeah. And for me, I can't help deliver or give the message or help others if I'm not healthy myself. Right. You know that. Yeah. Um, so I just got on the bike. I said, I won't count the miles. I won't count the time. I'm just going to get on and smile and be like a kid. And that would begin my journey um, for all these years forward where now I'm um, actively in road cycling all the time. Nice. You'll find me on the river about four or five days a week. And nice. Um, it's just it's about just getting out there and enjoying and also hiking and all that. And I tell you, there are people I wish when I work with, I could, I could just take them up to the mountains and hike for a day. And I know that the smile would begin to come back and they breathe and they get healthy air in the lungs and have some healthy food. You know, it makes such a difference. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. Um, I, I was up at a meeting in Sacramento uh, with E49, who actually will be a guest on the show next week, um, Tammy. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was a woman there and um, her name is escaping me at the moment, but she was an outdoors person and she was explaining to me all these resources that we have throughout the Bay Area, um, mm. you know, with our regional parks and with um, a variety of other sort of outdoors organizations to incorporate um, some sort of healthy living component into a program such as ours. And so um, one of the ones that I'm, uh, you know, looking into is actually doing a camping trip out at the Presidio in San Francisco. Um, and, uh, but you know, there's so many others, um, that, that are out there. And to your point, I mean, sometimes I, I think we can get locked into this mindset that the only way that we get better is through cognitive, um, therapy, you know, sitting down in a room and t- rehashing what's happened. And, and I have found as a dancer, um, that I've had many, many healing and, and you know, breakthroughs, you know, Certainly, you know, I would attribute that to God's working in my life um, and, you know, his healing hand. But it was through the dance that I was able to experience a, a physical connection. I don't know if that makes sense to yeah. um, to this spiritual connection um, with yeah. with the Lord. And and um, and I believe that happens when you're walking in the outdoors. Like I just love trees and mm-hmm. when I see a tree, I see God, I, you know, yeah. and I just can't help but um, think that, you know, someone that was extremely creative um, and and very detail oriented fashioned the leaves and the trees and made it sort of hang in, in a certain way and bend to the side and the color of the bark. And it just really um, energizes me. Do you have a similar experience when you're out there? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, hiking, and I believe most people, no matter what um, faith um, or, or who they call God, when you they're walking outdoors, they're out amongst the trees and the air and the sky and all of that, they attribute, they, they feel closer spiritually. Right? Yes. You hear that many times. And for me, when I walk out there and I'm breathing and sighing, of course, the trees for me remind me, I think of the roots. Mm. And I think of the interconnectedness of the roots mm. and and the variety, the diversity of the types of trees and the roots touch. Yes. And without that structure and that ability to, you know, to bind together, they wouldn't weather the storms. OK, we've heard of that before, but that's the truth. And that's how we have to look at it in our life. That's right. You know, who are roots going down? So we're reaching down and to get that, you know, whole health. And then who are we connecting with so that we are reminded that together we're better and we're stronger. And that's part of 
community health. Um, and that's yes. part of our, our taking care of ourselves as well. So, yes. So we'll be yeah, right back um, and we're going to talk some more about, you know, how we can come together, how we are coming together, right? Um, in the Sacramento area and hopefully in the Bay Area, you know, in the, in the, in the near term and, and, and exactly what Dignity Health is doing in the way of really helping um, agencies such as Love Never Fails and, and, and the organization and the, the uh, women and men that we, we serve um, to get to a place of, of health living. So we'll become we'll come right back and thank you for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are here today with Jennifer Zacharia, and she is a senior community health specialist for Dignity Health Community Health and Outreach Department. Um, and her charter is really to uh, bring about strategic development of community partnerships. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what we're, we're, we're going to be doing um, between Dignity Health and Love Never Fails around uh, our housing program in just a sec. But before we go into the, you know, the actual nitty gritty details, I wanted to just get your perspective. So we were just talking about, you know, self-care. And um, one of the things that um, Love Never Fails is is uh, working on is a partnership with Notre Dame, um, uh, the uh, the school, the art um, education uh, department. And we are um, pretty excited that um, we're kind of in, in embarking on a, uh, a study, if you will, around, uh, you know, what, what does it mean to be trauma-informed? Um, and it's, it's, you know, quite interesting when you infuse art into a, um, clinical environment and we ask ourselves to be trauma informed and creative and clinical, right. Uh, mm-hmm. all at the same time. And so, um, as I've been exploring that, uh, you know, I, I've been sort of asking the question of different stakeholders and different partners that we work with. What do you think it means to be trauma informed? Well, from a healthcare perspective, if you want me to give that perspective, yeah. um, as we are looking as healthcare providers to be trauma-informed, let's say in the way of those who come into our hospital for care and present either with, you know, behavioral health uh, disparities or um, let's just jump right to like a, a, tra- a victim of human trafficking in some way. Yeah, uh, Trauma-informed is to provide the patient the space, the safety um, the right line of questioning that gives them ability to feel like they can trust you, mm-hmm. that there's dignity and human kindness extended. Mm-hmm. There is their ability to make decision in the process. They have a voice. Yep. That's really that's really important. It's um, providing them um, a place where they don't feel like they're being watched or judged or looked at through particular filters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really important so that they can begin to, um, seek help uh, yeah. for whatever is facing them. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so interesting, right? So yeah, totally on the same page with you. And I, I think when you consider, you know, the level of trauma that survivors of trafficking have been through, 
um, there's a very high potential for attitude, for, you know, aggression, for, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just a variety of things to come your way, right. As you're interacting with the survivor and, and, um, in my mind, it's coming to this, coming to the conversation, having cared well for yourself, having a, um, a base that you can pull from where you're not stressed out to the hill and you can absorb some of the abuse that you may endure while you're interacting with somebody who's experienced this high level of trauma, because it, it does happen, you know, where somebody right. is cussing you out and mm-hmm. you know, they're agitated. Well, mm-hmm. if you're irritated and you're overwhelmed and they're, you know, they're, they're cussing you out, you've got nothing to pull from. Right. So part of being trauma informed is having something that you personally can pull from mm-hmm. to offer to the right. scenario. Right. 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 Absolutely. And I know, I mean, I, our staff in our hospitals uh, across our system who are working with and, and training hard to look to identify and respond to those who come in with severe trauma and human trafficking and exploitation. You know, it, part of the trauma informed is for them to also give themselves a break and say, yep. I did what I can. And if they don't want any help, you know, I've offered what I can and I'm, I'm going to let them go. Right. And sometimes we want them to respond as we'd want them to respond. So we feel better. And what they really need is just to know this was a safe place. Thank you. And now I'm going to go. Right. And should I need something in the future, I can come back here because it, I was shown dignity. And then, you know, not to take on the secondary trauma is to be able to leave that experience and go, okay, what does success look like? Mm-hmm. It, it may just be we had a positive interaction or, you know. I was able to just be calm as they were being very agitated or belligerent or whatever it is. Um, and that's important. Yes. Yes. And, 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 you know, I was, I heard from a a clinician recently that trauma informed really isn't really in place until it's happening at the highest levels of the organization, you know, starting with the CEO on down, um, because everyone has to be caring for themselves and able to leave that buffer in there, or at least, you know, there are times when we do get stressed, but be aware, you know what, I'm very stressed, but I'm going to, I'm going to dig deep and really try to create a, um, an experience for this person that they deserve. And then mental note, I I need to take a break somewhere in here because this is happening too much, you know? That's right. That's right. You know, I think, Vanessa, of, um, we've done a system-wide training on hello, human kindness, and it's about kindness. It's about how do we extend kindness to one another in the workplace, as the community comes in, as we're engaging with the community, as we go out, all of that. And there was this video that was shown, and it showed um, during the training, it like as you're watching people walk into a hospital lobby, and they get into an elevator, and people are standing in the elevator, and it showed the bubbles above the head of what thoughts or what they were facing that day and how like six people in the elevator, how it was all very different. Maybe a man's going up to say goodbye to the spouse who is up and in the ICU and is, and is um, dying. Mm. Maybe it's someone who is going to um, face the joy of going and seeing their new baby, you know, their a new grandparent, you know, and I get to go now and see that. And, you know, there's all these different human experiences that we walk around with. And as we interact with one another, 
Um, mm. You could be in the elevator with someone who's experiencing a real high level of trauma. They just are really good at keeping Masking it together it. Yeah. outside. Yeah. But how do we interact with them and bring that kindness? How do we, how are we aware of yeah. what in that each other's needs are? Yeah. So, so powerful. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because, um, I actually, earlier this week I was on a news station talking about what's going on in the Bay area with, uh, um, uh, Jasmine is now, she's released her actual name. Jasmine is, a the, uh, young lady who was going by the name Celeste Guap. Um, and, uh, she has been assaulted by several officers and, mm-hmm. Um, you know, as, and she was exploited at, you know, the, as early as the age of 12. And I was on the, on the, uh, on the news and, you know, it was funny because it was a little bit, you know, I, I feel like the media is getting better at this, at least in this area where it started off very salacious and uh, not the interview, but um, a, another interview I had was very salacious and just kind of just, a little bit on the trashy side. Um, and, and uh, the interview I had this week was, you know, it brought dignity into the, into the conversation and they really seem to want to know how can we care for this young lady instead of calling her a child prostitute and, you know, putting those, those hurtful um, labels on her that are not true and can't be true since she can't consent to sex. So she can't consent to, uh, an illegal crime uh, affiliated with sex. But, you know, the, the point is, is that I feel like we're on this journey where there's always this this press for us to, um, you know, go just get, you know, just just get things done and just be, uh, you know, be the most visible, um, be flashy, um, you know, be the most important, you know, me, 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 me. And then there's this other side, which is what are other people going through? The compassion, being aware of those around us. And I feel like even in the media, there's in some areas, there's this thing that we have to do to shift people and their thoughts and their thinking and their words so that we become more oriented. Hello, human kindness, you know, Um, let's come back to thinking of others as important, just as important, if not more important than we are ourselves. We're going to come back um, and we're going to talk some more specifically about what we're doing with the IM houses and with Dignity Health. And thanks so much for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We are in the studio today uh, with a very special guest from Dignity Health, and her name is Jennifer Zaccario. Yay, I got it right. Um, <laughs> and um, Jennifer is uh, the uh, Dignity Health Community Health um, uh, Specialist, and she's assigned to, I think it was six hospitals, right? Sacramento, Yolo, Placer Counties, uh, six hospitals in each of those counties, correct? 
Well, yeah, mostly um, the Sacramento Four and the Greater Sacramento Service Area, Mercy General Mercy San Juan, our Methodist Hospital, Mercy Hospital Folsom, and then helping with um, our Yolo County Woodland Memorial Hospital. Gotcha. Okay. So just in the work that you're doing there and, you know, more and more human trafficking cases coming in, tell me about this new um, pilot that you you guys have started and, uh, and, 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 you know, how it started and what you hope to accomplish. With uh, responding to human trafficking within yes. our system? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it was uh, really important to the Sisters of Mercy <clears throat> that one of the initiatives that we began to respond to was that of human trafficking, both sex and labor trafficking. Mm-hmm. And there is um, a notable report um, that says that 88% of those who have been trafficked have sought health care at some point while being trafficked. So. We know that within our hospitals and clinics that they, we are front lines. And um, so they wanted to say, hey, let's, let's be trained system-wide to be able to start identifying and um, responding to and resourcing those who would come in to seek care um, or dropped off for care or might be in very acute states of need of care um, to offer them what services we could to help um, their situation. So. Uh, what began in early 2015, Holly Gibbs is the uh, head of this program. Holly is um, would be wonderful uh, to interview, and she is the patient services director over this program herself. She is a survivor and uh, author, and um, she has gone to really help begin the training all over our system. And so the thing is to look for red flags. What does that look like if someone presents in our hospital and they are either at risk or um, potential or could be identified as a human trafficking victim. And then training the emergency department staff, our social work, our uh, maternal child health, uh, security, all that, training them on how to respond to those red flags, seeing them, recognizing them. Are they presenting as what would you think, oh, they're homeless and maybe on drugs? Or could they actually be a victim of, yeah. of exploitation. Right. So it's kind of seen through that new, new lens and providing trauma-informed patient care response. And yeah. so the training has taken place across our system and it's going very well. It's a, uh, the, the most important thing was to, for our department and others to really begin to connect with community organizations that have been doing the work for a long time, provide the resource, the homes, the shelters, the wraparound services um, that these type of victims and survivors in recovery need. So that was really what we wanted to do, connect, connect with law enforcement, connect with those who are are really the front lines in the community and saying, you know, how can if we identify, how can we work together to appropriately respond? And so that has been a lot of the work that we have been doing here in the, well, throughout our system. Amazing. And and so let's say that someone comes in and they've been beaten um, and um, they they are with someone who is keeping them very close um, by and, you know, body language, maybe saying, I'm afraid. Um, sure. It could be a domestic violence situation, could be human trafficking. Do mm-hmm. have you, as part of those sort of the red flags, do you guys have um, uh, assessment process that you utilize to determine what's going on? Sure. So um, patient process algorithm was um, absolutely created um, and then a resource algorithm so that with someone presented like that, of course, 
Um, security would be notified. Um, all attempts would be made to provide a safe uh, place away from that person who's accompanying them yeah. to do some triage and to do some questions, you know, and provide um, some support, whatever support that they would they be mm-hmm. open to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, calling. So if it's a minor victim, of course, CPS is going to be called, right? right? I mean, it's it's mandated reporting. But also, what community resource could be called in conjunction like that? So here locally, like we we rely on and we are so grateful for an organization among many like Weave. Weave, right. In response to domestic violence, sexual assault, and, and human trafficking victims. Yep. And they'll respond and come, and their advocate will come and be with that patient. And they'll say, you know, we have these services to provide for you if you want. Um, even in minor or adult victims, they yep. can respond, and they have people highly trained to respond. So we really, again, rely on, uh, we are not the experts. We look to the experts, and uh, we're going to do our part in uh, reaching out and responding and putting that patient in a safe place and allowing the advocates to come and do what they're really good at. Our social work are trained, and they know the community resources. And so uh, social work is called in to also uh, meet with and respond and provide services. So it's just kind of all these partnerships together that are going to help and wrap around and and help this uh, victim. And, again, you know, making sure that they're not taken by yes. force, you know, right. that's appropriate. But, you know, we don't hold them. They're free to go. Again, that's 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 trauma-informed patient care. Right. Yeah, they you have know? the choice. They come in and go out. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's a very... Um, delicate very delicate my yeah, goodness yeah. you know I, I I have to admit I've had quite a um, challenge uh, being a mom a mom mm. of teenagers and having raised teenage you know a teenager is is uh, it's very challenging for me to be hands-off with a minor you know let's say somebody comes in and um, you know, they, it's an adult with a child that is, appears to be exploited and they decide, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want your hair and I'm leaving. Um, you know, th- that's gotta be really difficult, right? For your clinicians right. to, right. to, I mean, for me, it, it's to, to let that happen while, you know, on my watch would be mm-hmm. extremely difficult, you know? Right. So I, how do you, what's the protocol in that scenario? Well, it's like you, I don't know how everyone uh, responds to this because it's, again, we're a very large system. Yeah. There's all types of different uh, uh, health uh, care providers from the charger and to those who triage to the physician providers, you know, the teams together. And again, I think it, the mess of what you talked about it goes back to trauma informed patient care. Mm-hmm. What do, what do we have to let go of? Yep. What do we have to, you know, just look at what we can provide and what they need. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like letting go sometimes is the way through. Right. Um, I know that, um, you know, I recently heard of uh, a case and and it was more about um, a victim who would, who would come in and be in the hospital for a while. She was given a safe room, but she didn't want services, was mm-hmm. very agitated, drugs, things like that. Um, would leave, come back a few hours later, again, gave in a safe room, offering us services, um, didn't really want anything, left. Literally came back several hours later, mm-hmm. and who had been, she had been bitten up by her pimp, and mm-hmm. now she wanted help. Mm-hmm. And this is a unique and rare case, 
but it showed the power of just offering this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. You're not being held against your will, mm-hmm. and we're here to offer, you know, of course, health care and also other services that you need. And it was just about that, okay. Yeah, I was ready to receive it. And, and, you know, the foundation of our program is called um, we use a curriculum called Seeking Safety. And and we're strong believers that we have to establish that above everything else um, in order to actually administer restorative care. Um, And um, so when we come back, let's talk some more about, you know, uh, the the clinician or actually the doctor that you have that's seeing um, survivors and some of what is um, you're hoping to launch um, with other you know providers, including Love Never Fails, uh, who are providers that are providing housing, um, which I know is a is a really uh, top need um, across the board. So we'll come right back and talk some more about that. And thanks for listening to Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. And welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. Uh, We are talking about uh, trauma-informed care. We're talking about uh, what, uh, you know, what happens when a survivor of human trafficking um, shows the red flags as they enter into uh, a hospital, um, one of the Dignity Health hospitals in particular, and what what a clinician or an intake person may may, uh, observe and how they might respond. One of the other things that... That um, as we've been engaging, that we've uncovered is, um, you know, there is such a need for housing, um, you know, in terms of a response, right? So you you have a survivor come in, um, they need help. They say, you know, I want to. Um, I, I don't have a safe place to live. I'm either homeless or I have a, a violent. Um, probably would characterize their boyfriend as a violent, you know, their exploiter as a boyfriend who's violent um, and maybe even say, you know, I have a pimp that's selling me or whatever. You know, they may may go there. I I know uh, what I see is oftentimes that is not fully disclosed uh, initially. But, you know, um, would you say that housing, um, the need for housing is one of the top uh, needs that are presented as you're going through that process? Yeah, as I look at the community organizations um, and what they are able to provide here within, you know, the greater Sacramento region, just looking at that, I mean, housing is always one of the gaps. That and uh, and mental health services for recovery. And um, any executive director that I've spoken to that has either tried to expand, you know, their capacity or add on to their services, you know, capacity for residential program or housing shelter, it's just a it's a real need. And Mm -hmm. especially for minor victims Mm -hmm. as well as adult victims it is straight across the board. So, yeah, having a housing program is vital. You have to have a safe place. Yeah, uh, for these people to go and mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm ready to recover, whatever that looks like, um, or just even a pinch of a willingness, you know, to go, I want out. Yes, yes. I need, I, I need safety in order to, to even take the next step. Yeah. And, you know, um, so for, for, for me, when we, as you know, we've had our house open now for, we have two houses uh, open now for uh, two and well, one one and a half years, um, almost two years. And, uh, we are, um, 
we're so grateful and so humbled by the opportunity to do this because uh, the work is, 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 is very difficult and very expensive to provide a trauma-informed safe house. Um, and, and to have the opportunity to work with now uh, over 30, actually 25 women last year and eight children. And this year, uh, I, I think we're around 10 different women and uh, a couple of, a couple more children um, that we've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to work with. And um, it just to know that we've been, even for a day, uh, an op- we've had the opportunity to express love, to express safety to, you know, offer a healing hand, right. Um, right. Has been, is just, you know, like my life's joy. I mean, aside of my kids being able to, and of course my husband, I have to, I have to make sure I always (laughs) consider kids, husband, it's all the same thing inside of my family. Right. Um, that is, uh, what, you know, I, I feel like I can go, go to heaven now because I, I'm just so, um, you know, so grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that healing process. And, and, um, and, you know, so as we, you know, in, in a couple of weeks, we are actually going to be opening, um, our house in Sacramento and we're super excited about that. Um, and we'll be talking about that in next week's show. We're actually partnering with E49 in Sacramento to deliver, uh, trauma informed care, um, to, uh, 12, uh, 12, uh, women, uh, that, uh, 12 adult women, uh, that are survivors of human trafficking and, or, um, six families, right? Six women with mm-hmm. children, whichever combination. Right. And, um, just to have the opportunity to, pr- to know that we can reach out to you, um, in mm-hmm. the hospitals that are there and, um, access trauma informed care, um, right. for our, our, for our, um, our program members. It right. just, it's very, you know, very reassuring, um, and so, you know, I know that um, you're still formulating what you um, are doing, but there is someone in your organization, I believe it's Holly, who's looking at how you can even add some additional creativity to the way that uh, you are providing those services in particular to trauma, you know, to those that are survivors of human trafficking. And um, we're just grateful to be able to learn from what you're you're doing and also contribute to it. So. That's wonderful. Yeah, you know, it's it's about if we are a hospital system here that is training, um, our, we promote dignity, we protect, promote human kindness, um, and we have clinicians who providers who are saying, "I I want to be trauma informed. I want to give those type of best practices uh, to my patients." Um, it would be very seamless to to be able to connect with organizations such as yours and say. Hey, for the the women that are in your home and they need to access health care, um, wouldn't it be great to have a medical home really provided for them that has trauma-informed um, physicians yep. there that can just meet with them at the level and, and in the way that just really provides them that safety and that access to care. And so that is really um, a goal of ours, and um, it is exciting that it's in Formation and stay tuned for uh, more word on that in the days to come. Absolutely, yeah. So we're we're um, 
We're very excited to also, you know, as, as, as I shared in the last segment, the basis of our organization or our curriculum, I should say, um, that we have in the homes is seeking safety. And mm-hmm. it's, it's um, upwards of 80 principles that um, the, the women learn. Um, and it really gives them the opportunity to decide what level of care they want, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, some people, um, you know, we, we could say, well, you need a battery of tests. You need to, you know, we need you to go and it seems like you may have diabetes. It seems like you may have, um, you know, you you may be overweight and that has several implications to, you know, your blood pressure and your, you know, um, your glucose levels and your, you know, you need to exercise and, you know, right. but, but it's really not our place to, um, you know, kind of, this is what you need to do, right? right to, to be, right. it's, it's their decision. And I just, I'm just grateful that we have, first of all, a foundation of let's get safe. Let's get in touch with ourselves. Let's know what we need. Let's, mm-hmm. let's understand the opportunities, right? Cause a lot of the ladies that we're dealing with and men, we also work with men, although they won't be, we, we don't have a home for men yet, but, um, you know, a lot of the, the survivors don't even know what they want because, right. um, they may have come from abusive households that didn't, you know, allow them to have those kinds of thoughts and feelings about what they want to do, what they want to be, or maybe living in poverty limited their perspective on what they can accomplish, you know, on what their outcomes, you know, if you're, if you're expecting to be dead by 21, because everyone in your family has been killed, you know, by gun violence or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have, you're not thinking about diabetes when you hit 40, right? Right. right, right. Uh, or healthy eating, right? That's right. not your, your deal. So, we want to, you know, be a springboard into that healthy mindset and healthy right. opportunities. That's and we're just right. well, grateful you know, to you that you're helping, you know, uh, that we'll be able to come to you with that. Thank you, yeah. Vanessa. Well, I think as a healthcare, you know, we, we talked in the beginning, whole person health, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Yep. So, you know, as the healing and the recovery process is happening with the women in your program and your homes, um, how important it is to have someone that can help provide that education and that encouragement and that path through to healthy body, you know, um, health access. So I think that's very important for the whole, that part of the recovery process. Yay. Well, I know um, we're, we're coming to the end of this segment. Um, we're going to come back and talk about events that are going on in the community. Um, but I just wanted to thank you, Jennifer, for joining us and um, and uh, look for, I definitely would love to have Holly come onto the show. So I'll reach out to you for some more de- contact information Wonderful. there. And um, just thank you. Thank you again for your time and for your compassionate heart. Well, it's an honor and thank you for what you're doing. Uh, Vanessa and your organization to respond to and help recover those who have been through so much. So appreciate you very much. Absolutely. Okay. We'll be right back with another session of Abolition Radio. We'll be back with more Abolition Radio right after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, where you are invited to join the fight against human trafficking. Welcome back to Abolition Radio, the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails. We're so grateful for uh, our 
guest today, Jennifer, and uh, just kind of dive into community events that are going on. We want to welcome you to come out to our um, Double Portion Community Store every Monday through Friday. We have changed our um, days and hours. So it's Monday through Friday from 10 to 6 p.m. at 22580 Grand Street in Hayward. And then don't forget to join us every Tuesday. It's a $2 Tuesday. Also, we have a a prayer meeting every Sunday from 8 to 9 p.m. We want to welcome you to join us. Jump on the call. It's a corporate prayer call where we talk about all these uh, different things that are going on and um, children that we're calling back to their households and calling to safety. Um, Join us at 641-715-3580 and enter the access code 610975. Also tonight, uh, if you are able to make it, uh, um, we are going out on a street outreach, and um, it, this is every third Saturday, but tonight we're going out. If you want to join us, um, come and meet us at um, Faith Fellowship Church. Um, that is 577 Manor Boulevard for training at uh, 7 o'clock, and uh, we will do some training and some prayer, and then we will head out. We're also going to be um, engaging in a new way to do outreach, so you don't want to miss the meeting if you're interested in joining in with us tonight and every third Saturday. Um, also want to invite you out. Um, if you have not, if you want to come out for a, a concert, there is a hip hop concert going on today um, in the Oakland area. It is um, it is being hosted by an organization called Stellium and it's called Harmonic Reduction. Um, and uh, I love that Harmonic reduction. Um, and it's all about reducing harm to our children and ending human trafficking. And it is a fundraiser for the prevention education program that we've launched called Protect. Um, and if you want to learn more about that program, go to protectnow.org. Very important. Uh, uh, a program that we're rolling out at the state level. Um, and uh, we need as much support as we can get from you all as we bring this to every 5th, 7th, ninth, and 11th grade student in California. 1.9 million children. Um, I want to encourage you to come out and uh, be a part of our Annie Cannon celebration. One of our community, uh, one of our um, program members is uh, going to be uh, graduating that night at 630 to 830 at um, the Twitter headquarters in San Francisco. We're so excited to be partnered up with Annie Cannons, who is teaching our our young ladies and young men about technology. Um, and um, also we are going to um, be, uh, we're asking you to uh, come out to the Bay Area Anti-Human Trafficking Coalition um, ambassador training um, 10 to 12 p.m. in Redwood City and you can go to their website for more information. Um, we also uh, want to invite you out for a couple of important dates. Um, first off, uh, we are, will be presenting our Protect Education Program, an overview of it at the Northern California Safe and Healthy Schools Conference. And um that is happening on November 3rd from 945 to 1115. Um, and you can register for that. It's happening at UC Berkeley. You can either go to our site or you can go to, um, the, uh, to the UC Berkeley site and there will be a reference about it or the Alameda County Office of Education um, has a link as well for tickets. Um, also, uh, our partners, Three Strands Global, are actually going to be doing a break-free run in, at Lake Merritt. Um, and th- this is going to be a 
5 or 10K run, we will have a table there. It's November the 5th. So please mark your calendars and plan to join us as we walk for freedom. Um, And lastly, uh, we want to invite you to be one of the million ways that we solve human trafficking. Um, As you all know, uh, we are in need of financial support, uh, you know, just on an ongoing basis. And all these programs that we bring to you, um, we are able to do so because somebody decided that they wanted to be one of the million ways um, to fight human trafficking. And so sign up today by going to our website, loveneverfailsus.com forward slash million. And um, and in, it's $1 a month, $1 a month to be one of the million ways that we solve human trafficking. That's $12 a year. And if you don't want to use PayPal, you can actually click on the link underneath and it'll take you over to Razoo and you can give $12 a year. How about that? Or if you want to give a little more, we'll let, we'd take that too. <laughs> but in any case, um, we really just can't thank you enough for being one of the million ways. Um, and we believe that together, together, we can solve this. As we are unified, we can solve this issue of human trafficking. And um, and of course, uh, we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your well wishes. We thank you for um, being uh, engaged with us in all, in all the ways that you have engaged uh, with your volunteer hours and, and, and so on. Just keep on, keep on pressing on and don't be discouraged. We are we are making a difference. And thank you to all for listening today, of course. We want to make sure that you know, if you haven't heard it here before, we want to make sure that you know that you are loved. Thanks for joining us this week on Abolition Radio. We trust that you've been inspired by these stories of hope and survival and that you'll accept our challenge to get involved by contacting us at abolitionradio.org, by liking and sharing our page on Facebook, Facebook slash Abolition Radio, or by making a contribution directly to Love Never Fails. Abolition Radio is the broadcast outreach of Love Never Fails, which is a donor-supported, nonprofit ministry that Vanessa founded as a way of directly impacting the lives of young people who are trapped in or at risk of becoming involved in sex trafficking. This broadcast needs your involvement and support. To find out more, simply go to abolitionradio.org and click on Love Never Fails. Today's program was brought to you in part by Case Industries and with major support from the staff and membership and donors at Faith Fellowship Church. Our theme song, Courage to Believe, is by Justin McRoberts. Hear more about his passion for justice and art at justinmcroberts.com. Our audio engineer is Jarrell Martin, and this is Dave Naderhood. On behalf of Vanessa, Benita, and the whole team at Love Never Fails, Thanks for listening, and thanks even more for taking action to help set captives free. You're in the neighborhoods we live in. You're in the ones we're passing by. You're in the ones we call our neighbors, and the ones who still escape our eyes. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's Dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.